the disciples here. We thank you, Jesus, for our families, for my husband, for my children. We thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. We thank you that your love has never run dry. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. If you love Jesus, would you give him a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you. You may take a seat in the presence of the Lord. Welcome to Metro Praise. I am not Joe Wyrostek, your friendly neighborhood pastor. <laughs> Please pray for Joe and uh, Nancy and their family to be healthy and to be well so they can come back next week. But it is a great honor for me to stand before you today and preach a message from my heart. <laughs> my name is Lauren Sajanski. For those that do not know me, I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And it is my greatest honor to serve this church, to work alongside Joe and Nancy, to work alongside the other elders and deacons, our leadership team. I am blessed and I am highly favored. I'm also a wife and a mom. My husband is Andrew in the back, the faithful sound man. That's how he caught my attention many, many years ago, his faithful service to the Lord. We have four beautiful children. And again, we are blessed. We are blessed and highly favored by Jesus. I believe that the Lord has put a word on my heart for you this morning. And before I share it, I wanted to make sure that I just share my heart for you as a congregation. I know that I speak for all the elders when I say I love this church. I love the people that call MPI their home. And my heart for you as a leader, as an elder, is that you would know Jesus in a real way that you would encounter him in your daily life, that you would feel the leading of the Holy Spirit, that you would be able to have the tools and be equipped to say no to sin and yes to righteousness, that you would know how to fight the devil and, and, and get away from his lies. My heart for you is that you would have blessed marriages, blessed homes, blessed in your school, blessed on your jobs, and wherever else the Lord may take you. I pray with all my heart that every disciple in this room would be fruitful in their walk with the Lord and experience the presence of God. It's very easy for us to come in these four walls right here and, and worship the Lord here. It's very easy to live for Jesus on a Sunday when you're surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ. But what happens when you walk out there? What happens when you're in the real world? When you're talking to your spouse? When you're on the job and there's opportunities to cut corners? Or you're secretly in your room and you're tempted? What happens then? 
We're not going with you to those places. Our job as elders, as pastors, is to equip you for those moments so you know what to do in those moments. But you know who goes with you is the third person of the Godhead. It is the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is with you when you're talking to your wife and your husband. He is the one that is with you in your home, on your job, in your school, and anywhere else that you go. He is with you all the time and his promise is that he would never leave you and never forsake you. So my desire for you as disciples of MPI is that you would grow up in the things of God. It is time to grow up. Come on, say grow up. It is time to grow up in Jesus name so that you know how to whoop the devil for yourself. You know how to overcome temptation for yourself so you can have the peace of God transcend all understanding to guard your hearts and minds when you're not in this place. And so you could be devoted to Jesus in every way. It's time to grow up. Come on, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. This is my opening passage for today. The author of Hebrews is going to speak to our hearts today. Starting in verse 12, it says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Say the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. The author of Hebrews is bringing a rebuke to us this morning. He is saying that there are some people in this church, let's make it personal and plain for us today, there are some people in this church that ought to be teachers by now. There are some people in this church that are still in 201 and you ought to be a deacon by now. There are some people in 101 or in restoration and you ought to be out of that mess by now. The author of Hebrews is talking to us and I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that your heart would be open, that you would not be offended, but that you would listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit this morning. Because I believe that the Lord has put a burning in my heart for you. It is time to grow up. We need to go to another level. From the one that is a visitor just starting discipleship all the way to every elder in this place. It is time to go to another level in Jesus' name. We are not playing games. This is not make-believe church. We believe in a real devil. We believe in a real hell. We believe that people will go there if we don't preach to them. We believe what this Bible says, and we believe that every command will give you life. And if you live according to this, you will see good fruits in your life. Come on, there's still some people needing milk. And milk is not bad for a baby, right? That's what babies need to survive. When they first come out of the womb, just like when you first come to Christ, you need to be nurtured. You need to be fed. You need to be cared for, coddled, and given milk. 
But if as a child grows up, if they're still taking the bottle and they're 20 years old, there's something wrong, isn't it? If we see the mom and the baby drinking out of a bottle, we're going to say something's wrong with her. She needs to stop drinking milk. Eventually, that baby needs to grow up, start drinking, eating solid food, start learning to use the bathroom and not pee and poop in their diapers. Right? It's common sense. We know this. We watch people grow up all the time. But yet, when it comes to the spiritual things of life, we still have infant babies. And again, I want you to remember that I love you. I love this church. I love every disciple that calls this church their home. Some people have become a little too comfortable with where they're at, complacent, apathetic. And I pray that you are spurred on this morning to go to another level. Maturity. Mature Christians make mature marriages. Mature Christians make mature employees. You can put it in any category of your life. If you are a mature Christian, you'll make a mature politician, right? It doesn't matter what you're doing in your life. What you need to get to is a mature place with Jesus Christ. We are called as pastors and as leaders to rebuke, correct, and encourage so that you would be equipped because the days are evil. Jesus is coming back, and you will stand before him. And when you stand before him, what I want you to hear, as much as I want it for myself and for my children and for my husband, is I want you to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Discipleship works. You will only get out of discipleship what you put into it, though. Sometimes it takes a long time, and that's okay, as long as the desire of your heart is that you want this. You want your life to change. You want God to intervene in your marriage, and you're going to take the steps that are needed to get there. Discipleship worked in my life. I wasn't always a person that can stand on this stage with integrity. I had quite a long journey. When I first came to this church, I was pregnant, out of wedlock. And I had become a single mom. I had to deal with my wicked past. And I truly needed to grow up in the things of God. But I really did have a desire to do that. I did. I wanted a new life. I had done enough. I've seen enough evil. I'd done enough evil. I didn't want that anymore. And discipleship worked. And honestly, I probably could take credit a little bit for uh, the graze on Pastor Joe's head. I think probably just this section right here, I could take some credit for some of it. He has six kids and other disciples, but I'm in there. I know I am. But you will start. You will get what you put into it. You will get out. So let's be disciples in this place. The first thing I want to see us grow up in and stop being babies is growing up and overcoming sin. 
Sin is not a game. Sin will destroy you. And I praise God for his mercy and forgiveness. But after you are a disciple, you are called to live holy. You are called to live righteous. And in him, you receive those things. He became the one-time sacrifice so that in him, we no longer have to live the lives that we used to live. And if you're here this morning, some people may have, we like to call it hidden sin, but is sin really hidden? It's not hidden from God, right? He sees it all. But if you're in here this morning and you're living in a repetitious cycle of sin, my encouragement to you this morning is to cut it off and to do whatever you need to do to close the door of sin and never return to it again. Because sin is deceiving. It is pleasurable, oh, but for a moment, but it will always lead you to destruction. There's a quote, and it says, sin will take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and it will cost you more than you wanted to pay. And I have experienced this in my life. When I was five years old, I lost my mom to cancer. And thankfully, up to that point, my parents had raised us as Christians. My dad put me into a Christian school. And that school probably saved my life in a lot of ways. There was a lot of awesome men and women of God that taught me the Bible. In about fourth or fifth grade, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And amen. Come on. But my nickname in church all throughout my high school years was the backslider. Because I would show up to church, and I know, because I actually heard from somebody, they would say, how long is she going to stay this time? And they were right. Sometimes it was weeks, sometimes it was months, sometimes I would, I would feel Jesus, I would get on fire, and I was out the door. And I'll tell you, every time that I went back to my sin, I went deeper and harder than I did before. I ended up in places that I never had any business going to. I ended up around people that I should have never even met in my life, and it cost me more than I was ever thought that I would have to pay. I did things that I never said, or I always said I would never do. Sin brings death. It is a trap, and I want you to not be trapped anymore. Amen? So if you're leaving the door open to any type of sin in your life, I just want to encourage you today to close that door. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out so that you can endure it. That is a promise for you and for me. No temptation that you face in this place, that if it is to get angry, to look at pornography, from whatever we think are small sins to big sins. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. See, but our God is faithful. No matter what you face, he will always provide a way out. And I want you to take the out. Stop giving in to these temptations. We will always be tempted as we live in this body of death. We know that temptation comes from two different places. One is this body, flesh, our desires, our wicked, evil desires that we have. And the other is outside forces like the devil. But if you could turn to Galatians 5, 16 through 26, I want to hear what the Bible says. He's already there. I want to hear what the Bible says of how are we going to overcome the temptation that comes by the desires that we have in this flesh. Because sometimes it's powerful. 
Our flesh is powerful. Our flesh wants what it wants. But this is what the Bible says. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. Because if you do whatever you want, you're going to end up a big old mess. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Listen, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Come on, say obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The acts of the flesh are no way for a person, a man, or woman of God to act like. Hatred, discord, factions, envy, drunkenness, sexual immorality. If you are not married and you are having sex with somebody that is not your wife or your husband, you need to get right and you need to stop doing that in Jesus' name. You need to be pure before Jesus. He is coming back for a spotless bride, a pure bride. You have to get the junk out the trunk, okay? And you might think the sexual immorality is so much worse than envy. But if you're dealing with envy in this place, if you're dealing with, with fits of rage, you stand before God in the same way as the person that is having sex outside of marriage. God is not okay with your, your hatred. God is not okay with your jealousy, with your gossip. Let's get it out the church in Jesus' name. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such things, there is no law. There is no law against the fruit of the Spirit. You can have as much as you want. You will never be able to have enough of the fruit of the Spirit. And every time you have something from the flesh that comes, there is a fruit of the Spirit that can combat it. All you have to do, hey, you feel hatred? God, give me your peace. Give me your joy. Give me your gentleness, your self-control. God, help me to have this fruit in my life. God, I want to look at pornography. Lord, give me self-control. Help me to walk away from this right now, Lord. I want to be have fits of rage. Lord, give me your kindness. Help me to be kind and, and gentle and have self-control. Come on, there's a fruit for everything that you're dealing with. Sometimes people think or act like the sinful nature is not obvious. The Bible is so clear. It is obvious. Some people think, oh, I'm just, I just fell into sin. I just, I just tripped into it. That is not true. We choose to go that way. We dive straight forward into sin. There are too many scandals that have happened in the church adultery, running wild, pastors falling left and right on biblical divorce all throughout the church, drunkenness, pedophilia. I, I mean, you can name it, and we have seen it in the church. There's an example of, of a man that we thought was a man of God, and after he died, the truth was revealed about him, Ravi Zacharias. And if you would have asked me before all of that stuff came out, I would have said, man, he's awesome. 
read his books, listen to his podcast, learn from him. He was awesome. He could debate Muslims and, and show them the word of God. I mean, he had knowledge, so much knowledge. But all knowledge does is puff up if you don't have the character to go with it. We are a church that loves knowledge. We have so many resources for you. We tell you to study to show yourself approved. Well, the Bible tells you that. But we teach you to study to show yourself approved. We teach you to go on the streets to preach the gospel, to know what the Bible says, do all that. Get full of the knowledge of God. Get understanding. But I'm telling you, I don't care how great you can preach on the streets if you are being a jerk to your husband or your wife. I don't care how great you know your Bible if you are living in repetitious sin, looking at pornography. It is a both and. Get knowledge and live holy in Jesus' name. Come on, we are to walk by the Spirit, and we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The other way that we are tempted is by outside forces, the devil if you could turn to the next scripture for me. The devil is a sneaky snake. He's a schemer. He's a liar. He's always been a liar. And his whole purpose in this world is to kill, steal, and destroy. And the way that we fight the devil is by putting on the armor of God every single day. Ephesians 6 if you could turn to Ephesians 6 for me, please. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. So we will not gratify the desires of the flesh when we live according to the Spirit, when we stay in step with the Spirit of God. And we will be able to combat the devil and every lie and every arrow that he throws at us when we put on our armor every single day. So chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Say, stand firm. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all of this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert. Come on, wake up and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. You will fight the devil and win every time when you put your armor on and when you use this Bible against him. This is truth. He is a liar. Everything that he says is a lie. This is truth. Everything in here is truth. You know your word of God. You will, you will beat him every single time. We have righteousness, truth, 
salvation, readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, faith, and the word of God. Come on, we need to grow up in being able to overcome sin. Just because you're tempted does not mean you have to fall into sin. Amen? We need disciples that live holy. The next place I want to see the disciples in this church grow up is in their thought life. Each one of us have about 50,000 thoughts that go through our mind every single day. Your thought life will determine your real life. So a man thinketh, therefore he is. If you do not learn to guard your thoughts, take them captive, and make them obedient to the word of God, they will become an enemy to you. You have power over your thoughts. Put on the mind of Christ and begin to tap in to what he thinks. Amen? Our mind and our brain are separate. They're not the same thing. Our mind is a part of our soul. It is a spiritual thing. And you can choose who you dial into, who you listen to. You can turn on the station of hell and hear what the devil has to say about you, your husband, and everybody else that you love. Or you can tune in to Jesus and hear all of the wonderful thoughts he thinks about you. You get to choose where you're tuning your mind into. And if I wanted to, even now, I can tune it into the devil and I can hear all of his lies. All of us can. He's always right there to lie to us. But you have power. You have power to not go that way. There are people in our church and just in society that are more prone to anxiety and worry and things like that, naturally more pessimistic than optimistic. (laughs) But this is for you. When I went through cancer, I had to fight for peace in my mind. It's a battle of the mind. It would have been so natural for me to go into a place of depression and despair. Natural. Natural for me to feel anxiety, fear, depression, all of that. Feeling sorry for myself, being down. It would have felt so good, honestly, to go to that place. But instead, I made the conscious decision every single day to not allow my mind to go there, even though my body was in pain. I decided to have the power that the Lord tells me I have and have thoughts that were fixed on him. And I had joy down in my soul. Amen. I believed what the Bible said about me, and I believed that the Bible was true. And I want that for every single person in this room. If you are dealing with the same type of thoughts over and over and over again, it's time to turn off that radio station and turn into Jesus today. Some people are so insecure, so inward, so you hear the devil tell you that you are nothing, but you're listening to the wrong voice. If you could turn to Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Sometimes when I have a thought in my mind, I literally take it out and I throw it on the ground to make it bow before Jesus. It helps me. Sometimes I shake my head too, but 
you, you could do that, just make sure nobody's looking at you because you might look crazy. <laughs> but I will shake that thought right out my head or I'll take it and I will make it bow. These are one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Sounds like a command. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. Does anybody want the peace of God in their hearts and their minds today? Come on, we got to put our thoughts to the test. It's the test of if it, they are true. And if they're true, are they noble? Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Because as you start going down, even if you say, yeah, it could be true. Yeah, I guess it could be noble. It's, if it doesn't say yes to every single one of those, it does not belong in your mind. You need to take that thing captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us here that we need to rejoice in the Lord always. To not be anxious to always pray with thanksgiving. And I want to tell you that thanksgiving is a tool given to you by God to shift your perspective. It's a perspective shifter. When I was sick, I remember being in so much pain. I would lay in my room by myself in a dark room because chemo really hurts your body. You feel it in every joint, in every bone. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And I remember laying there with tears coming down my eyes, not even trying to cry. And I began to thank him. I began to say, thank you, Jesus, for this pillow. Thank you for this blanket. Thank you for the walls. Thank you for this house. I began to thank him for everything that I could think of in that moment. And it broke off that feeling that was coming over me. And the peace of God came in my heart and in my mind. And it will work for you too. When you feel in despair, when you feel like you, nobody knows what you're going through, everything is so hard, everything's falling apart, I challenge you to take out a piece of paper and start writing what you're thankful for. Because no matter how hard your life is or what situation you have been through, there's always something to be thankful for. Even if you go to the breath that you have in your lungs, the sight that you have in your eyes, these are big things to be thankful for. So we always pray with thanksgiving. You let the peace of God guard your heart and your mind. You only think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And you put into practice the faith of your leaders. That is what the Bible is telling us to do when it comes to our thought life. And as I said, it worked for me and it will work for you. It's time to grow up in your thought life. 
Stop staying stuck in the same repetition of, of where you have been. Step out into a new season. And many of the sin issues that we were talking about before, they start with a thought, don't they? They just start with a thought that's not taken captive and thrown to the ground or shook out of your head. It starts here. If you take it captive, you will save yourself a lot of trouble. Keep your mind on Jesus. You don't have to believe or act on every thought that comes into your mind. God will give you perfect peace. The Bible says in Isaiah that he will give you perfect, perfect peace when you keep your mind on him. And the Bible commands us also, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love God with your mind, and the devil will have no room in there. So we're going to grow up in overcoming sin. We're going to grow up in our thought life. And we're going to grow up in our devotion to Jesus. How many people do you talk to that say, you ask them how their devotional life is, and the answer is, it could be better. That's not good. If your devotional life could be better, you're not in a good place, and you need to get to a better place now. Because having a good devotional life, this one incorporates the other two. Because if you love Jesus, you will keep his commands. If you love Jesus, reading your Bible will not be a chore to you. If you love Jesus, if he is your first love, talking to him, prayer will not be a chore Hebrews 4.12, it says, the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. You cannot read this Bible and remain the same. There are people that tell me, oh, you know, I, I read my Bible. I'm spending time with Jesus. It's not working. No, something you're doing is wrong because you can't read this Bible and remain the same. Your character will change. Come on, we got to look in the mirror and be real with ourselves today. It's not everybody else. Look in the mirror and say, man, something is off in my own life. If your devotional life is off, if your thought life is not right, if you are not able to overcome sin, something you are doing is wrong. We need to grow up. I want my life to reflect Jesus. I need to be with Jesus. If you want your marriage to reflect Jesus, you need to be with Jesus. Every area of your life. If you could turn to Psalm 19, 7 through 14. The Bible says, the law of the Lord is perfect. It's refreshing for the soul. 
Do you know how good, like when you're out on a hot day in the summer, it's 100 degrees and you get home and you take like a cool shower, you know how refreshing that is? That is what the word of God is for your soul. Do not neglect spending time with Jesus. Do not neglect his word. Your soul needs the refreshing. Your soul needs to feel the sprinkling that comes from the word of God. His law is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Come on, there's not much in this life that you can find trustworthy anymore in this world, can you? But this is trustworthy. This will never let you down. This will outlast anything else out there. Everything else will burn, but this will remain. The precepts of the Lord are right giving joy to the heart. Do you need joy in your heart today? It comes from his presence. It comes from the Bible, from reading his word. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant away from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I pray that that is everybody's prayer in this room this morning, that the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart would be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. God does not like sin. I know that that is such a clear statement and you already know it, but I want you to hear it this morning. He is not okay with sin. He is not okay with looking down and seeing a heart that is not meditating on the things of God, but rather on the things of this world. Daryl, if you can come to the piano, please. If you can turn to Psalm 119. Was that Psalm? I can't see it. No, that's 19. 119. Thank you. This scripture is so clear for us. If you have a hard time living pure, if you have a hard time with your eyes, the Bible asks the question, how can a young person, and you could put old person, young person, woman, man, whatever you want to fit there. How can we stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
You cannot hide the word of God in your heart if you don't know the word of God. If you are not reading your Bible, you don't know the word of God. You will have no way to stay pure because purity comes by walking this life with this. If you could turn to Hebrews eleven six, I just want to give you scriptures that shows you how important it is to seek God, to read his word, to spend time with him. Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Are you earnestly seeking Jesus? Are you spending time with Jesus? If I were to ask you how your devotional life is, would you say it could be better? It could be better. Let's have the band and the altar workers come and let's put up 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9. I pray that you will be honest with the Lord today, that you would take inventory of your own life. Between you and the Lord, you know if you have had a hard time living free from sin. You know it. You know what you have been struggling with. If you've been having a hard time in your thought life, having the same thoughts over and over again, and I have been there. I have been there where I have had to fight the thoughts, fight the lies of the enemy. You know where you're at, and the Lord wants to bring freedom to you. And you know that if you have that you have not had a good devotional life or not between you and Jesus but it is time to grow up it is time to grow up in the faith it is time to be mature it is time to get these things in order in your life second peter 1 3 through 9 says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason... Make every effort. It takes action on your part. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance 
and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sin. Come on, it is time to grow up. If you can stand to your feet, with me Jesus come on let's close our eyes all across this room between you and the Lord right now I don't want you to miss this opportunity I don't want you to be so prideful or whatever it is going through your mind right now I don't want you to miss this opportunity. There are brothers and sisters up here that are wanting to pray with you. If there is any area of your life that I had touched on, that you have felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward. Either your thought life, overcoming sin, not having the devotional life that you should. I want you to come forward and receive freedom this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you for your freedom, God. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we want to be a pure people before you. We want to be a holy people before you, Jesus. God, we want to know how to fight the lies of the enemy, oh God. We don't want to be immature in our thought life, Jesus. We don't want to be in repetitious sin, oh God. Jesus, I pray for holiness, for purity in your people. Lord, I pray for a people that will seek your face, oh God, and not just your hand. I pray for a people, oh God, that would be so in love with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in one. Come on, let's just worship the Lord together. Who you are and fill me with your heart and singing that a few more moments and holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those I will build my life. I will build. 
Come on, let's build our life upon his love this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We open up these altars for anything. If you need prayer for anything, you could come to these brothers and sisters. But I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal right now. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word, for your presence, oh God. We worship you, Lord. I pray, oh God, for every person that can hear my voice, oh God. I pray that they would be a light to this world, oh God, that they would grow up in their Christianity, that they would be mature disciples, oh Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's keep singing. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and dismiss. You are dismissed. You can dismiss from this side door, but we're going to keep on worshiping for a few moments. These all